We thank you for your love towards us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for making us not just fathers, but responsible fathers. Thank you also for engraving us in the Father's house. Thank you, O Lord, because we believe that this morning you are going to open our eyes to wondrous things from your law in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you've answered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say a very big thank you for our Father, Apostle, for this unique privilege. And uh, it's a privilege I do not take for granted. I pray the Lord will continue to enlarge your coast in Jesus' name. And I also want to thank our mama. Thank you, Ma, for all the support over the years. May the Lord continue to bless you. It has been said that uh, behind uh, a successful uh, man, there is a woman. And uh, the Father's Day cannot be said to be complete without our women. Even though we are celebrating the Father's Day today, we're actually directly celebrating the women too. Because they made us, quite frankly. And uh, I have said it this morning that I don't know who was in the company or in the committee that instituted uh, these Mothers and Father's Day celebration. I think they, they were very partial. Just once in a year, we fathers, upon all we've been going through, now. And the women now earmarked for them four days in the year to celebrate themselves. Ah, women. Women. Anyway, this one day that we have, we will celebrate it well. So women, please celebrate us. Because it's not easy to be a man. When you look at your husband and you say, darling, na man you be. There is much more to that. Because of what we go through to make the world go round. Yes, it's a man's world. The women should appreciate also the fact that we men are the ones that actually make it work, make it happen. We appreciate you to this morning, though. But we celebrate ourselves. Men, please celebrate yourselves. I've been told to talk this morning on responsible fathers, and I take my text from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 25. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 25. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a show house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. This statement was made by God to a man that was very successful. Successful in business. Successful as, a, as an entrepreneur. 
Successful as an educationist, perhaps. Successful as an administrator. As successful as he was, before God he failed. And that woefully too. I'm talking about Eli. As powerful as he was as a man, he failed his family. And God had to come to him to tell him the verdict. And the verdict is this. I have weighed you in the balances. And I have found you wanting. I will raise me up a priest. Not just a priest, but a faithful priest. That will do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a show house. God is saying... I take every responsibility very seriously. But I take much premium on your home. Because I instituted that home. I gave you charge for that home. And you are supposed to do my bidding. You are supposed to do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. And after I have found all or checked out all about you, I'm sorry to say that we are not just found wanting, you were found highly irresponsible. And God this morning is looking for people who will not just be interested in their business, who will not just be interested in other men's affairs, who will not be interested in what goes on around them, God is looking for men that are real men that will be interested in their home. When Adam sinned, God did not reach out to Eve. It was just one name God was mentioned in the garden. Adam, Adam, where art thou? Yes, the men are hustlers. Yes, the men have a lot to cater for. Yes, we are the foundation that carries all the building. That does not excuse that fact. That you have failed in the home front. You have failed. And there is nothing that you can do about it. And that's the reason why God has made us men priests of the home. And we should do everything possible to say God, the sanctity of that home. God is not just interested in men. He's interested in responsible men. Men that he has given the task to lead that nucleus family. It may not just be the nucleus family alone. It may just be the family outside the nucleus family. But whatsoever God has entrusted in your hands by way of responsibility you are to carry out the task because he will ask you. He will ask me. I believe that is one thing that God is going to ask when you get to heaven. I have given you a wife. What did you do with that wife? I have given you children. How did you take, take care of the children? So man is spelled responsibility. Our fathers spelled responsibility. So, when you're about to take up a position in a place of work, you're expected to carry out that position without that responsibility. 
And when you are given a supervisor, and you are supposed to report to that supervisor, there are tasks that is given. That is responsibility. And then when you bring a suitor for marriage, no man will want to give a, 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 the daughter out to a man that will not be able to answer that question responsible. The first question that is asked is, is he responsible? And there is a lot attached to the word responsible. Can he take care of me? Does he have what it takes to be a man? Does he have what it takes to act like a man? Does he have what it takes to be a protector? Does he have what it takes to be a supplier or a provider? And so that word responsible is very, very vital in our task as fathers and as men. Having an obligation to do something, control over, care for someone is part of our responsibility. Responsibility also implies holding a specific office. From these definitions, we now know that man is not just man for nothing. Somebody will say, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. If you're a man, show that you're a man. So, when we're now talking about being a father that is responsible, my mind just goes to the pilot in a plane. We entrust our whole life to a man in the cockpit who tells us to relax as the plane is about to take off. And the thing that comes to mind, like the musicians, but you see, until it lands, that second, that last phrase will not change. It is now when it now lands. But the point I'm trying to make is this. You have entrusted your life to that man that tells you to sit back. And when you start hearing, mm, 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 your mind is up. What's going to happen? Is he telling us there's turbulence and so on? But even in the midst of turbulence, you still tell yourself that you are safe and secure from all alarm because you have a pilot there that is responsible. We come to a point where the wife can stay in that plane and say, yes, the man there in the pilot is my husband. He is responsible. This plane eh, won't crash because I know him. And so, we now know to know what it takes to be responsible. We have a lot, but I'll just mention a few. But before we continue, you do not have to be a biological father to be a real father. So people are here right now and they are saying, thank God. Married men, over to you. You know what you are saying? Thank God I'm not ready to be responsible. But you are. Maybe you don't know. 
If you have ever been there for a child that didn't come from you, you are a father. If a younger one has ever looked up to you for the right part, you are a father. If you have ever been present in the life of a child, whether he's your biological father or not, you are a father. If your conduct has ever given hope to young ones, you are a father. If you are the reason a child is in school, a child is in good health today, you are a father. So how many fathers do we have right here in our midst? If you do not raise your hand, then that means you are not responsible at all. Not even a man. Talk less of a father. Please raise your hands. Please, our women should celebrate these people. It's not easy to be a father. It's not even easy to be a man. They say to be a man is not a day's job. Why do we need fathers that are responsible? I have written here some reasons why. The world is full of dysfunctional families headed by dysfunctional fathers that are also product of dysfunctional homes. The society is bad because the family is bad. Let's not deceive ourselves. The broader picture we see in the society is represented in the microscopic picture we see at home. And so when we start dealing with our government and saying they are bad, they are bad, they are bad, the five people God has placed in your hands as the president of the Federal Republic of your family, how have you taken care of them? And that's why sometimes we say, ah, these are presidents and our governors, they are trying to, oh, how many are they? And how many do we have in our families? But of course, when we look at all these dysfunctional states in the home, in the school, anywhere, it starts from where? The families. It starts from the families. They say charity begins where? It's homo. And who is the head of the home? So you see, we fathers, the challenge is on us. If that home fails, we failed. If we succeed, we've succeeded. If there is a problem in Eden, Adam is called. Check out what happens to Eli. Nobody mentioned the wife. God did not approach the wife. God went straight to Eli. I gave you a charge. I gave you a home. I gave you children. And see what you have done to these children. And because of this, this and this is what is going to happen. The reason why we need responsible fathers is because the world is full of young people that are products of dysfunctional homes. We have so many fathers today, but we do not have many responsible and real fathers. And so, if you are here and you are a father this morning, 
we need to also now come to appraise some of the things that we do need. If you have not started as a family yet, good for you. You will start one day. And you start come and learning what we have, we who are fathers have been going through all these years. But of course, it's good to start on the right path. So that you don't get to make the mistake that some of us have made as a result of it. Because you see, whatever mistake we make right now tells years later. In the first place, I want to talk about the presence of a father. John chapter 8 verse 29. Jesus said about his uh, disciples. The one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. For I do always what pleases him. He has not deserted me. God has given us a perfect picture of what the presence of a father can do in a family. God was always there in the picture. When God created the heavens and the earth, he said, let us. And when there was a problem and they wanted to go to discomfit the Tower of Babel, he said, let us. And by the time he came to the point of setting, bringing his son, God also was in the picture. God has always been in the picture. We can't be more busy than God not to take care of our family. Not to find time for our family. The first time I came to the father's house and the children were brought and the fathers were told it was like swearing an oath saying I will not be a runaway father. At first I said what kind of thing is this? Because where I was coming from, there has never been a th something like that to say, okay, oh, make a promise. I will not be a runaway father. That I will always be there. But later I came to realize that it's true. There are some of we men who are runaways. And then, when we want to pray, I want to praise, we'll say, oh, thank God for giving me a wife that is always there. Even when I am not there. It's not a good prayer. And that is the truth. Let us tell ourselves the truth. Even though we do it, it's no good. Thank God for giving me a wife that is standing as a sure bulwark for my family. You are changing Rosa. And you are changing it big time. Because one day, the children will switch those roles for you. And you'll be crying and asking why they love you, why they love their mothers more than they do love you. Because they were the people, they were the people that they, they, they always see. When this happens, go and meet your mother. That happens, go and meet your mother. During their birthdays, it's mother. During their, their, their open days, it's mother. When they have problem at school, mommy, they said, uh, Junior, go there. For the whole five years they spent in that school, they have not seen you in that school. They say, hey, you should understand what we are going through. One day, what you are going through will understand you. And that is the truth. They need your contact. They, I mean, they need your presence. Personal presence. 
Not just virtual presence. Yeah, thank God it's Zoom now. You know? Let's Zoom and let's talk by Zoom. You are now a family by Zoom. There must be that contact. The children need your presence. And that's the truth. But they need your presence more. And you may never know that a lot of these things go on in your mind. There was a time two of my children had a problem. I'm not a problem, had a, a program. And uh, it was like a graduation of a sort. And they said uh, that I had to be around. They said I must be around you. You must be around you. And if your children start telling you you must be around you, you must be around you, there's a lot to that. That the last one, you were not around. The last one, you were not around. But this one, Then, Friday evening, I just said, I don't think I'll be around because I have a program in school. Very important program. Then I told the caregiver to please help me out. And then I sent something to them. That night, I couldn't sleep. Because something said to me, one day you will need this children's presence. They won't come around. They will also send present. Is the money you need? They will send the money. Meanwhile, is the presence is their presence that you will need at that time, because children never forget. You think they will? Oh? You think they have? They record them perfectly well. That morning, I just took the ride straight. I cancelled the program, took it straight to their school, and I saw the two of them looking so dejected. They didn't see me, but I was watching them from afar. Some of them, some of the children, their parents were around and so on, and they looked so dejected. When it was now time, and they said, okay, we want their, their parents to come around and dance with their children, they stood and then came over all alone. Nobody with them. The caregiver sat down. This caregiver. It's not the father. It's not the mother. So, your housemate cannot do the work for you. In fact, your mother cannot, your, your mom, I mean, your wife cannot play that role for you. No matter how she tries, she cannot be the father of those children. It is you. So, when it was time for the dancing, I just bumped to the place. The moment they saw me, they just rushed to my side and it was like climbing on me. And I just saw tears coming from my eyes. You know what they were telling me? You have given us the best present today. Not the toys, not the money, not the gifts. Yeah, they're important too. Because if you don't give them gifts also, you know what happens. No matter how old the child is, what you do tell that child is you will always be a, chi a child in my eyes. The child might be in the university. Be there for their graduation. 
The presence is very, very important. Let them know you. A point came in my life when I was still very young that my, 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 my father was not there. So at a point, we didn't even know who he was. Because he will, he will wake up around 5 in the morning and then come back around 12 midnight. And of course, you know what men does when they come at 12 midnight. When they close at work, there's, there are other, other special duties they do. And then we'll be saying, ah, you don't know how I also. I need to refresh now. I need to relax now. Hey, oh, yeah, relax. Come back, relax. Men, they need us. And then, secondly, the love of a responsible father. They need our love also. God so loved the world, and we need to love them unconditionally, no matter how bad that child is. No matter how funny that child is, he may remind you of your in-law. You know what I mean? Say, why do you really, you look so much like my father-in-law? And that my father-in-law doesn't like me. Ping. And then you now transfer that thing <laughs> on the child. Or you may even transfer it on your wife, who you love deeply, in quote. Every child deserves the love. And the first love, I have always said, is to your wife. That woman is your first love. Anything you do to that woman, you are doing to the children. You are not even doing to the children, you are doing to yourself. The Bible says, and yet no man hated her himself. No matter how bad you think that, child, that woman is, no matter how inconsiderate you think that woman is, whatsoever you do to that woman, you are doing to yourself. And so, that gives us a sense of responsibility. You say, ah, you don't understand my wife. Oh. If you understand my wife, you will know. Yes. If you don't understand, if we, you do not understand what I'm saying, that means you do not understand God. Not be me right now for Bible. It's God that says that we should love our wives. Anyway, this is not a mother's day. So I don't want to be saying the things that the mothers should uh, be listening to on their mother's day. So, on their birthdays, the open days, unconditional love. Because you see, whatsoever you do to them is a reflection of what the children will also eventually do. They are closer than we are. You know that is the truth. They are closer to the children than we are. And that's the reason why when they talk about Omugwa, how many of us have ever gone for Omugwa as men? Who do the, the parents, who do they choose for the Omugwa? I think we need to also debate that. Men should also go for What love? 
I keep wondering how I will do when <laughs> that time comes. Women. Anyway, in a nutshell, the love must be the love that pampers, the love that disciplines, the love that directs, the love that reaches out, the love that is protective, always seeking the good of the family. Love does not discriminate. And so, men should love. And then, it is a love, a responsibility that deals with the faith. The Bible says, I know Abraham. I know Abraham. I may not know him about anything, but one thing I do know, that he will direct his children after me. And that is exactly what God wants about us. We are the priests of our family. We hear of praying fathers, of praying mothers. And in most cases, when people talk about eulogies on familyhood, it's more towards the mothers. But this time we need to catch exactly what is ours. Who sat and watched my infant head? Well, in on my cradle bread, bed, and tears of sweet affection shed. My. Where are the fathers? We also share tears of sweet affection. Somebody said, for where? But you see, fathers should take their rightful position as priests in the home. Where Christ is the unseen guest. Praying fathers. We need to see more of praying fathers. More of fathers that praise on the knees. More of fathers that travail with every child on their knees. Not just the mothers alone. More of fathers that attend prayer meetings. When we get to prayer meetings, who do we see most of the times? <laughs> Where are the fathers? One Lord Allen, I only let go. Okay. No. The fathers also will take their position this time around. I said the fathers will take their position this time around. The success of our children is attributed to the fathers and the mothers, not the mothers alone. And when we come to the point the children come to know, thank God on behalf of their parents, they will keep saying that, I thank my, 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 my father for always providing for me. I thank my father that will, you know, sit, stay, stay at uh, Akute early in the morning at 4 o'clock, get to a Lagos Island at 5 o'clock in the morning, and then as he's coming back, he, he comes back uh, around 11 o'clock just to provide for us. I thank my father. I thank my father. And I also want to thank my mother. Ah, oh, my mother can pray. Travel on her knees. Kabash in every moment and every day. Fathers, it is our job to travel on our knees for our families. That was the task of Abraham too. I'm not saying the mothers should not do anything. But what I'm saying is that the fathers should not also be left out in the praying business. We come to a point where our children will know us. 
Not just for being caring, being loving, but for being prayerful. They see us in our rooms and we pray. A visitor comes and, and he goes to knock. I mean, the visitor goes to knock and he, the, the, my, my, my child goes to open the door and he tells the visitor, please, can you come back? My father is in the room. What's he doing? He's not watching football. He's not arguing with mommy. He's praying. And then we say, how many? Ah, no. When my father starts praying for which his children, it takes hours. It takes hours for a child to be given birth to. It also takes hours for that child to be preserved on our knees in prayers. Fathers, please, let's get to the point where we travel on our knees. Not just for business. Not just for promotion. But for our, for our, our, our family also. And in a nutshell, we want to also talk about, before the, 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 we close, talk about a father that's not just there for the sake of the presence, but a father that is fun to be with. It is our responsibility to create fun in the house. A family that plays together, stays together, not just prays together. A family that can lay, hold on to the children and take them out and not be afraid and ashamed of the pocket being drained because of it. A family that holds on to the wife. Yes. Sometimes we say, ah, no, I don't want them to, you know, the children, I don't want them to have the feeling that, you know, love is in the air in this place. What they watch in the social media is worse than what you are doing to the wife. So, let them know the love and affection you show to mommy. Let them know that you can peck mommy in front of them. Yeah. Why are you looking at me now? As if it's something strange. Yes. Because you are teaching them the way they will treat their own wives when they grow up. Oh. That you can hold your mommy's hand outside and not be afraid and ashamed of it. They say, oh, that is old school. Things have grown. We are now more than that. If you are more than that, then we need to now rekindle that. That's marks of our responsibility as fathers. As we close, I want to take this message like a prayers. Oh, give us home built firm upon the Savior where Christ is head and counselor and guide where every child is taught his love and favor and gives his heart to Christ the crucified. How sweet to know that though his footsteps waver, his faithful Lord is walking by his side. Oh, give us home 
with godly mothers and fathers who always place their hope and trust in him whose tender patience to mourn never borders whose calm and courage trouble cannot deem a home where each finds joy in serving others and love still shines though days be dark and grim oh give us hope and i dare say oh give us not just fathers but responsible fathers let us rise up to pray the destiny of our home lies in our hands and let us pray this morning oh lord help me to shepherd the life of the people that you have given unto me in the home help me to play the role and duty of a father Let's just give God thanks. Bless the Lord once more for the message.